What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm Justin Michael, and we're going over the latest news in CSU Rams country. Busy weekend for former Hoopers in the basketball tournament, aka TBT. Luke McAllister has announced his next destination, and we have some preseason watch list news for Scott Patchen. Um, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to talk about my ideal TBT squad. It's still a bummer to me that CSU doesn't have a team, so going to dive into that kind of fun exercise. Uh, I'll, ex- I'll explain, you know, the reasoning behind each guy, and then, you know, I'll post it on Twitter, have you guys tweet your squad at me. I talked about this last summer as well. I'll probably keep talking about it until we finally get a CSU squad in the TBT. Is it redundant to say the TBT since... The T in TBT stands for the the basketball tournament. Anyways, you guys know what I mean. Before we dive into all of that, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, it's crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take this burden off the extremely difficult process for you. They're going to alleviate so much stress, take some of that worry off of your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners right now. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia are CSU alumni. They're proud DNVR members. And as mortgage brokers, they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders. With many different products, they're going to find the right fit for you. They want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around. They take the time to help their borrowers be as informed as they want to be every single step of the way. Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. If you want to talk to somebody on the phone, give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970 970- 412-2472, or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Cool, 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 cool. Going to dive into everything that I previewed before the ad break there. Before I do, though, want to shout out Mountain Horns Acapella for successfully singing the national anthem at CSU Day at Coors Field on Sunday afternoon. That group, of course, has my brother in it. He is one of the uh, leading members. He's one of the founders. It's also directed by Tim Costello, who is a, a kid I've known since he was in kindergarten. Him and my brother, they they went to school together all the way throughout high school. They've lived together throughout college. They make music together, and they're really, really, really talented. And I'm a proud big brother, so it was really awesome to see them kill it once again. They have performed at a variety of CSU events in the past. They actually sang the national anthem before a basketball game at Moby Arena one time, but I would really, really love for them to get the opportunity to do it at Canvas Stadium, you know, for 30,000 people at a football game. I know the national anthem is traditionally played by the marching band at a football game, but if they could make a one-time exception, I think that would be pretty rad for a really talented group of CSU students. And I mean, at this point, you know, they've done it for the Rockies four different times. I think they could absolutely handle the the pressure of, of a CSU football game that, you know, objectively probably be a smaller crowd than what they perform for on Sunday afternoon. 
It was a really great day. It was a really hot day. It was cool to see so many CSU fans in attendance. I know Kyle Bell was there. Saw all kinds of green and gold. Pierce Hornung was there. It was just a really fun day. It was <laughs> crazy hot, as I said, and I was hesitant to go just because it was a day game, but I had to be there to support my brother. And and really, I, I should say, I, was, I wasn't that hesitant because of the heat. I was hesitant because they were playing the Dodgers, who traditionally are not very kind to the Rockies, in my experience, especially at games that I'm attending in person. The crowds can get kind of hostile between the, the Dodgers and and Rockies. There's there's a couple of games like that. For the most part, Coors Field is a pretty mellow atmosphere. There's always a lot of opposing fans, no matter you know who you're playing. There's just so many transplants in Denver. That's bound to happen. But I've noticed, especially with Rockies, Dodgers, things get kind of heated in the stands. You see a lot of trash talking. But Sunday was a good day. The Rockies won with a walk-off hit, a walk-off home run, I should say. Charlie Blackman, Chuck Nasty. Shout out to Chuck. That was awesome. The Rockies now have 10 walk-off hits this year and nine road wins. So that that's absolutely absurd. They're doing things that probably shouldn't be possible. They are a statistical anomaly at the moment. But that's Rockies baseball in a nutshell. It's frustrating. It's unpredictable. And it's just exciting enough to keep you attached, even though, you know, logically... This team doesn't have a future. They don't have any window to compete, at least in the foreseeable future. But there's just enough talent, just enough excitement. And the ballpark is just a great enough experience to keep everybody coming in. And alas, I think that's probably always going to be the problem. I'm not, you know, giving my take on whether you should go, not go. I obviously have been going. It's my fourth Rockies game of the season. Most of them have been to support my brother. I probably only would have been to one or two otherwise just because I'm feeling dejected post-Nolan Arenado. But I mean, it, there is some some truth to the fact that as long as people keep filling the stands, the Momforts, they don't really have a whole lot of incentive to change. What do you do to combat that? I don't know, because I'm not going to tell people not to go to the ballpark. I mean, it's one of the greatest experiences you can have in Denver in the summer. It's it's fun. It's it's good vibes. I don't know. Even Even when the Rockies aren't that good, it's just a great way to spend an evening. Or, you know, in my case, sweat my ass off on a a Sunday afternoon. But nonetheless, great experience. Really proud of my brother. Hope that they get to sing the national anthem at Canvas Stadium this fall. And uh, speaking of Canvas Stadium this fall, Scott Patchen, a guy who should absolutely feast this fall, he was named to the Bednarik Award watch list, which is annually presented by the Maxwell Football Club. It goes to the nation's a most outstanding defensive football player. Patchen obviously had an incredible year in 2020, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks in only four games. He recorded at least one sack in every single game. A per game average of 1.38 was third in the country. And with 1.88 tackles for loss per game, that was sixth in the country. So really, really consistent. I mean, like I said, five and a half sacks in only four games. That's absurd production. You can't technically, you know, accurately forecast whether he would have been able to keep that pace, but you know, let's assume that he would have been able to. That would have put him at 16 and a half in a 12-game season. That would have been a single season record. It would have surpassed Brady Smith's 1995 record of 16 sacks. I mean, that's that's really elite company. Joey Porter had 14 in 1998. Shaq Barrett had 12 in 2013. And Clark Hagen had 12 in 1997. So 
the fact that he's even in the conversation with those names, three guys that have, you know, gone on or four guys, I should say that have gone on to play professionally and, and be successful. It shows the the type of production that, that Patchen did last year. Obviously, you know, there's no guarantees in this game. There's no way to 100% say he's going to replicate that production in, in 2021. But there's no reason to believe that he shouldn't, especially given the talent that comes back around him. I just, I don't know how you're going to be able to scheme to stop all of these monsters that CSU has in the front seven between him, Manny Jones coming back. I mean, that's two of the better defensive linemen, edge type players that have played for CSU since, you know, Shaq Barrett, really. On top of that, you've got Ellison Hubbard and Toby McBride anchoring you on the interior. Those are two guys that can get at it as well. And you have quite a bit of young talent underneath it. I mean, Brandon Rooks played pretty good last year. There's there's a lot of talent on that defensive line, and I, I really like the linebacking core as well and the experience that they return. I just, I'm very, very encouraged about this front seven as a whole. I've, I've talked about it a lot. I'm going to continue to talk about it. Should be one of the better defensive front sevens in definitely in G5 football. I think they're going to be one of the best in the Mountain West. I'm, I'm just pumped. It, you know, truly would not surprise me if they ended up being one of the most productive groups in the entire country. That's how highly I think of these guys. I mean, Patchen, he's going to play on Sundays. Manny Jones, he's going to play on Sundays. Toby McBride, he should have played on Sundays if it weren't for injuries. Still might get a look at the next level just because of his toughness and, and how smart he is. Plus, he's just a great leader. Like I said, injuries may, may cut that short. And honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Hubbard gets some looks in the NFL. He moves well for a guy of his size. He's gotten better and better with each season. He's a great teammate. There's always roles for guys like that. You need athletic guys that are dominant against the run, that can make good tackles, that are occasionally going to get after the quarterback when they get the opportunity. But really, they're just going to do the dirty work so that the guys on the edge, the people like Scott Patchen, can put up that insane production It. You know, it reminds me of the Broncos defense back in 2015. Sure, Demarcus Ware and Von Miller were, you know, the sexiest aspects of that pass rush. But without guys like Derek Wolf, without guys like Malik Jackson to kind of, you know, do that dirty work in the middle and create the initial pressure to clog up those lanes, that's what allows those guys on the edge to get after the quarterback, to have the success, you know, on the outside against the run. It, it really sets up everything. Anyways, it, it's obviously encouraging to see Scott Patchen getting national recognition. It's only going to help him, you know, come draft time. His age is going to scare away some teams. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a UDFA. But it also would not surprise me if he ended up, you know, carving out a, a couple of nice years professionally just because that dude's relentless, man. You watch the way he gets after the quarterback. And, I mean, Boise State completely had to change what they were doing as an offensive line to adjust for him. They were trying to double him. And if you do that, like I said, it's it's only going to open things up for people like Manny Jones. You can't double them both. Just aren't going to have enough people on the field for that. So I'm excited for it. I know CSU fans were stoked to see him come back. He's a great you know leader for that defense. He's obviously very experienced, played in some big games for Miami. And I think it's just important to have a veteran presence, especially as you you know work through a, a transition in coaching staffs and you know, I know Steve Adazio has been around for quite a while now, December 2019, but just with the pandemic, with everything being so weird, only getting to play four games last year, you know, we're it still to an extent kind of feels like an extension of that that first season to me, to be honest, because I just think you you can't really take away all that much realistically from such a weird 
pandemic impacted season, at least not big picture. You know, you can't come away with accurate takeaways on, you know, whether this staff is a success or, you know, stuff like that. Is the offense going to work all that? It was just such unique circumstances and everybody has to consider that. Regardless, congrats to Scott on the recognition. Very well deserved. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on and talk about Luke McAllister, who has committed to Hutchinson Community College. Really, really consistent winning junior college in the Jayhawk League. If you recognize the name, that's because that is the same league as Independence U uh, from Last Chance U. Hutchinson coming off a really solid year. They went 8-0 in 2020. Actually beat Snow College in the NCJAA football championship game. Before that, they went 10 and 2. So they're, like I said, you know, just a consistent winner. They send a lot of guys D1. They send a lot of guys FCS all over, just kind of a a really solid feeder program, kind of like Eastern Mississippi, you know, kind of like Independence for a couple of years, although they've kind of come back to life. But the uh, the Jayhawk League, it's, it's widely considered one of the best junior college football leagues in the country. So it's an opportunity for McAllister to kind of get some decent exposure. Obviously, there's going to be coaches from all over checking that out. His mom, McAllister's mom, I should say, tweeted that we will likely see him on the field this fall. So it kind of goes back to, you know, what I was talking about back when he initially announced that he was transferring it. It really just seemed like it was kind of a disconnect between him and this coaching staff, especially once Joey Lynch moved on to Vanderbilt. I feel like McAllister, when he was being recruited by Bobo initially, and then even by Joey Lynch once Bobo was was fired, you know, I think he was kind of recruited under that promise that, you know, you're going to kind of get the keys to the car eventually. You know, you're going to have to come in and earn it. There's obviously no promises, nothing like that. But I think McAllister really thought he was going to play early. And then, you know, with Adazio bringing in Todd Santeo last season, then Matt Vilecki this offseason, I I think he just kind of realized it was probably going to be at least a couple of years before he ended up getting some, you know, legitimate playing time. And when you consider that and the scheme change and the fact that, you know, CSU isn't exactly going to be lighting it up as a passing offense, you know, McAllister kind of comes from a spread offense, you know, slinging around gunslinger type mentality. I think he just decided the the best move for his future was to move on and, and look elsewhere, find a different scheme, find a different opportunity to play. And, you know, I don't think there's any reason to wish him ill or anything like that. I don't think there's really ever any reason to wish anybody ill just because they decide to transfer. Obviously, you know, these guys, they have a right to do what's best for them to make a decision that, you know, best suits their vision for their future. And he's still a Colorado kid. I wish him well. Like I said, he was always really, really great in interviews with me. I appreciated that, you know, throughout his recruitment process, he was willing to come on the Rams podcast a couple of times and, you know, talk about what the coaches were selling him on, talking about, you know, kind of helping shape his recruiting class, all of that stuff. Eventually, you know, the the fight to play football and in Colorado last fall when it didn't really look like they were going to because of the pandemic. I, I wish him well. He seems like a good kid and it just didn't work out. And that kind of happens sometimes. No reason to be that dude that tweets nasty things at him or anything like that. You know, ultimately, when a guy goes Juco, it's generally because they think they have higher aspirations. You know, he had an offer from from Mesa as well, so he could have done that and, and just dropped down and played D2. Instead, you know, go Juco. If you get the good exposure, you could potentially end up at a P5. 
another G5 program, whatever it is, you know, it, you know, who knows, he could come back and, and go FCS. You know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody like Eddie McCaffrey, you know, tried to offer him down the line, especially if he ends up has, having a nice season at Hutch. So no matter what happens, it'll be just kind of interesting to see how it all plays out. We'll obviously keep an eye on it, keep a finger on the pulse. We'll talk about it on the podcast as the fall progresses. Their schedule, the uh, Hutchinson Community College schedule, has not been released yet. So we will uh, we'll keep an eye on it. That's really all we can do. But wish Luke well, and you know, hope it works out. Hope the grass is in fact greener wherever he ends up. All right, so we are going to move on and talk hoops. Like I said, a couple of former Rams competing in TBT, the basketball tournament. Before we do, though, DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for just my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins in any medal this year. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze this week. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now. You do not want to miss out on this sweet action. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends, my family, my girlfriend, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook. I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if the U.S. wins a medal. That's the code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We are also brought to you by Solace Meds. That's right. We partnered with a banging dispensary for you guys to get some smoking hot deals with. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, just off of College Avenue, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. No matter where you are, there is a Solace Meds that is convenient for you to visit. The entire month of July, they've got some crazy sales. You can get 25% off all the Wana products whether that's gummies, whatever you're feeling. They've got 20 or 50% off of Wild Night and Day gummies, 20% off of all of the O-Pen Curin resin cartridges. You can get 20% off of 111 rosin cones. If you don't know what any of that is and all you want is a simple pre-roll, a little bit of flour, that's okay. With the code DNVR20, you can get 20% off your entire order at checkout. Additionally, with that code DNVR20, if you go into the Wheat Ridge location, you're going to get a free Solace Bar or King Cones. So with the code DNVR20, you're getting 20% off of your order and a free Solace Bar or King Cone. That is absolutely dope. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, solacemeds.com. Order online, pick up at your convenience. They make it as easy as pie. Again, make sure you're using that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire order. We love solids. You love solids. Make sure that you are not missing out on these banging deals the entire month of July. All right, we are going to wrap up today's pod with a little basketball talk. 
We have a couple of former Rams competing in TBT, or they were competing, unfortunately, were eliminated this past weekend. We'll start with Greg Smith. He was representing the Omaha Blue Crew, which was predominantly a team made up of Creighton alumni. He's obviously from the Omaha area, so it makes a lot of sense that they would invite Greg Smith. In their first game, they were able to defeat Team Purple and Black, which was a team made up of Kansas State alumni. It was a thriller, actually won by one point. Really, really fun. I love the format in TBT. They have the Elam ending instead of a traditional overtime. It's just makes everything really exciting. He had uh, 13 points, eight rebounds, and one block in game one. Unfortunately, though, they were then eliminated a couple of days later by the Aftershocks, a team from, uh, it's made up of Wichita State alumni. They were actually the hosting team, so they had a big advantage. Everyone was rooting for Wichita State, and again, that was another tight game. They lost that one by a single bucket. It came down to literally the, the next bucket, and the Blue Crew, they turned it over, and it led to an easy layup the other way. Really, really heartbreaking, especially if you were rooting for them like I was another solid game for Greg Smith. He had 13 points and three rebounds in game two. Seeing that type of performance, it, it definitely, I mean, it it kind of indicates all the thoughts that CSU should have a, a team in this. There's a ton of really talented former Ram Hoopers out there. One of them, Prentice Nixon, he was playing for the expats, which was actually a team of former Patriot League players. I have no idea how that came to be. Probably just an instance of Prentice as a bucket, and they needed a scorer. He had a game-high 21 points, and there's 60-53 to 53 loss to the Aftershocks. So the Aftershocks actually eliminated Prentice Nixon and Greg Smith. Maybe a little bit of a rivalry between CSU and Wichita State Bruin. I mean, they did get a bid in the NCAA tournament, an at-large bid over CSU. I thought CSU objectively had a better resume than they did. They, they beat CSU and Moby a couple of years ago. Now they're eliminating all of the former Rams and TBT. I'm just saying, you know, no, I'm just kidding. There's nothing there, but I'm trying to drum up some controversy. I'd love to see them play. It'd be fun to see those two teams play. You know, I'd, I'd love to see them play in both arenas, do another home and home, or you could even do, you know, a neutral site if you wanted to. I don't know. Let's Let's get these guys on the court. Since there's not currently a, a team made up of former Rams, though, for TBT, I've decided to design my own. This is, again, my opinion. If I was the coach, this would be kind of my ideal squad. And I'm going to point out, I'll, I'll mention them in the honorable mention, but I, I didn't put anybody on my team that transferred a, away from CSU just because, you know, you, you chose to go to a different university. I, I don't hold it against them. I just, if we want a team that's representing CSU, I think it should be it should consist of, of guys that finished their career with CSU. So obviously, you know, that takes John Gillen out of the picture. That takes John Octius out of the picture. Both of those guys went on to play at Power 5 programs. Both of them had success in TBT formerly, but that also, you know, discludes Prentice Nixon, who, you know, competed with the expats that keeps, you know, Anthony Bonner out of the picture, all of that. Again, I don't hold it against any of those guys for transferring out, but I just think, if I'm the coach and in this hypothetical scenario I am, I get to pick what you know my rules for the team are, and that's one of them. So starting out, and this will just kind of be my ideal starting five, running the point, we would have Antoine Scott, great scorer, really, really elusive guy. He's strong to the hoop. He's a guy who you know would be really effective in the pick and roll, would be able to get a lot of 
nice touches in the mid range, but he could dunk on you. You know, if you if you don't respect his hops, he can create his own shot. He's going to be able to facilitate for me. And beyond that, he's just a guy who has always been really, really intelligent. You can see that he's thinking a couple of moves ahead of the defense. And I want a guy like that, that, that that's that athletic, that thinks that well ahead to be running my team. And so Antoine Scott would be my ideal point guard. My two guard is going to be Gian Clavel. I mean, it, it has to be, right? One of the better scorers I've, I've ever covered. Everybody knows Gian's my boy, so no surprise there. You just, in a, in a tournament like this, in a single elimination format, you need a guy that's not going to shy away from the big moment, and Gian's never shied away from a big moment in his life. He was Mr. Big Moment at CSU. He would be for my squad here as well. And, and you also just need a guy that can get buckets, and he's one of those dudes where he hits a three, he hits another one, look out, because he's just going to heat up in a hurry, really streaky scorer. In some ways, reminds me of Jamal Murray. You know, he's just one of those dudes where when he sees the ball go through the net, you can just tell he's on it that night and he's just he's going to be all over the place and anything that he puts up is is going to go in. And and just also, he's got the attitude I want. You know what I mean? And I, I want a guy that's tough. I want a guy that's going to be a bulldog on defense. Gian's that. He's going to create steals. He's going to get under your skin. He's going to hit shots. He's going to talk trash. And I love all of that. So... Got to have Gian on the squad. My three would be Greg Smith, another versatile scorer. Gives you a threat from mid-range, also strong on the glass. Another tough guy. You know, I I don't want my team getting bullied around. There's going to be a lot of professional basketball players competing in this. Greg's played in multiple countries. He's always had an attitude, you know, going back to his college days. He's not, you know, some guys, if, if you shove them on the court and and they fight back, you know it's just for show. You put your hands on Greg. Greg's going to make you pay for it. Greg's he's about it and I want that toughness. He's also a great leader, you know, he coaches basketball now, has his own academy, you know, teaches skills if you're in the Loveland area, check it out. But shout out Greg Smith, want him on my team. Power forward, I'm going Stanton Kid. Can jump through the roof, can score in a variety of different ways. He's going to hit open jump shots, long twos. Open threes. He was really, really deadly from the corner. And he's just one of the most athletic players I've ever witnessed. I I love watching Stan Kidd play. He's had success literally everywhere he's ever played internationally. He made the Utah Jazz. He made their roster and decided to go play overseas because he didn't want to be a bench warmer. That shows you just how much he loves playing. You know, he's he could have just gone and gone along for the ride and been in the NBA and and all the allure that comes with it. But he'd rather star for a team, you know, somewhere halfway around the world than be just sitting on the bench. And I love that about him. You know, I I want a guy that would rather play. It's kind of like the the CSU argument with some of these kids that that go P5. You know what I mean? Do you want to come dominate and be the star of the Rams? Or do you want to go, you know, sit on the bench behind eight kids just like you in the SEC Stanton Kid would rather star at CSU than be a bench warmer. I'm about that. I want that mentality on my squad. Rounding out my starting lineup at the five, I got to go with Colton Iverson. And you can't go wrong with Colton or Nico. And Nico is on my squad in this scenario. I'll talk about him in a sec. But if we're talking true rim protectors, Colton, man, he's a bully. He's thick. He's a big dude. Another guy that's had a ton of success everywhere he's played internationally. He's going to give my team a little bit of size in the paint. 
I already mentioned it earlier, but I would love to see a pick and roll with him and Antoine Scott. And he's just a beast. Simple as that. I mean, I think anybody that watched him during his time at CSU remembers just how dominant he was. And I mean, that hit, that pairing of him and Pierce Hornung was was so nice. And I, I will add, since Pierce's name just came up, I don't have him on my squad simply because I don't really think he would be interested in it, to be honest. I don't think he would want to play in this. But if he wanted to, I would certainly love to have a guy like Pierce on the squad. He's still in great shape. Dude has muscles for days. I'm sure if he really wanted to, he could go out there and be a force. So uh, I'll go through it again one more time. My starting lineup, Antoine Scott at the one, Gian Coval at the two, Greg Smith at the three, Stanton Kidd at the four, although you can maybe flip those two. They're kind of interchangeable. Basketball is basically positionless in the modern game anyways. Colton Iverson is going to be my big man. Coming off the bench, though, Nico Carvacho. He's got to be on the squad if we're talking about guys that would be repping you know, the Rams on an international level. Obviously, Nico, one of the one of the best Rams and one of the most popular Rams of the last decade has to be on my team. He's going to be a great hustle rebounder. He's going to come in and give me some energy, a guy that's going to be willing to do the dirty work and a guy that can score in the post if I need him to. I'm also going to have Emmanuel Magbo on the squad. He's going to give me more length. He's a guy that could come eat up boards. He'll hit an open jump shot. And I, I think you you got to have E on the squad. He has the chemistry. He's already played with Nico, already played with Gian. You know, they can come in. They're going to be comfortable together. He's going to be a good defender. And you need guys that are good athletes to come off the bench, and that's definitely Emmanuel. Joe Desmond, great teammate, good shooter, and he's going to keep everyone calm. You know what I mean? Joe was part of some of the most turbulent teams ever. I mean, there was one season where poor Joe basically had to be the lone representative for CSE men's basketball because he was the only person that Larry would send to the podium. I want a guy that's a good leader. I want a guy that's going to be cool when things get chaotic. That is Joe. And he's also a really underrated scorer. He could he could really, you know, light it up from three, especially if you if you didn't respect him and he gave him a little too much room. All right. My last guy is JD Page. I think he'd be perfect as a sixth man. Come in, shoot open threes, slash to the hoop, play really aggressive defense, and just give you a nice spurt of energy for a couple of minutes at a time. JD never quite found his role at CSU, and part of it was due to circumstance. There were so many guys that transferred in and out that they kind of had to depend on JD over the years more than they probably should have. He's an underrated athlete. Like he can, re- he really does have some ups, and he's also one of those guys where you would see him shoot in practice, and he'd hit like thirty threes in a row, and then you'd be like, "Where is that in the game?" I don't know if he just was thinking a little bit too much, or you know what the situation was obviously played under some pretty unique circumstances but i think jd really would have been perfectly suited to serve as a six man like if you put jd page as a six man type player on this current csu team that'd be a perfect fit but he always had to be more of a scoring option and and basically like the team's primary defender and it was just a lot of responsibility heaped on him and i think as a six man it really would have allowed him to shine especially because he wouldn't have had to think so much you know just come in the game, play defense, and look to score. And your role is really easily defined. It's really simple. So I I think he could do good things for me in TBT. And that's my squad. You know, tell me tell me who I missed online. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of them. Like I said, <clears throat> like I said, if you transferred out, I did not keep you on the roster. But some other names that kind of came to mind, 
Dorian Green and Ali Farouk Manesh. Obviously, Ali played for Northern Iowa, but he's a coach, so he could be in that conversation. I don't really know if coaches can even compete in TBT. I don't I don't know what the rules are on that. Pierce Hornung, again, I, I don't think he'd be interested, but if he was, I'd love to have his presence. Jason Smith, you know, we've seen former NBA players compete before. I'm sure Jason could come in and, and still be very competitive as a big man. And especially if you put like really athletic guards around him, his his presence defending in the paint, his presence, the, the footwork being able to score down low. And he developed a jump shot over time. So I think that would be very valuable. Uh, che Bob, one of the better athletes to come through CSU, not necessarily the most skilled basketball player in the world, but a guy that can jump to the roof really, really strong and He's just going to make those hustle plays for you. I'll, I'll take those type of players all day. That's why I, I threw him in the honorable mention there. All right, that's all we've got for today's episode of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. My allergies are killing me, so I'm going to bounce. Hope everybody has a fun week. I will be out in Vegas for Mountain West Media Day, so plenty of content coming your way. I'm going to have my preseason awards coming out either Tuesday or Wednesday. So keep an eye out on that. Football is here, guys. Football's back. Cannot wait. 2021 college football season, man. Whew. Nothing better than that. All right, that's all we've got for today. Hope everybody has a great week. Hope everybody had a great weekend this past weekend. Stay safe out there. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want